I think my dad's writing in the wake of finding out he wasn't my biological father, artistic stuff that was coming out of him, I think that was one of the major impetuses for wanting to make the film. Time has come. Catherine Bigelow! No, no, tu vas m'exciser là, t'es ouf? T'as pas le choix. Mais tu trembles! Growing up, I knew of Wonder Woman, but I didn't know much about her. I wasn't a big comic book fan. Not even worth state tuition, Christine. My name is Ladybird. Uh, well, actually, it's not, and it's ridiculous. Call me Ladybird, like Christine. you said you would. Le César du meilleur scénario original est attribué à Denise Gamze, Erguven et Alice Vinocourt pour Mustang. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be. I tried being a writer, but. <laughs> I hate what I write. We burn things, because war's the only language men listen to. Because you've beaten us and betrayed us and there's nothing else left. We're in every home, we're half the human race, you can't stop us all. And we will win. Uh, hello everybody, welcome to the podcast for filmotomy.com. We're during the Fem Filmmakers Festival. Uh, and day nine, we have decided to have a round of golf, you might say. Uh, I'm joined by a very special guest, one of the directors of one of the films in selection uh, this year. Uh, hello, Julia Mills. Hello. Hello, everybody. And hello, Robin. <laughs> yeah, and thank you for, for joining us. I know you've got a busy schedule, um, filmmaking and whatever else you get up to <laughs> yeah no this is this is great i'm i'm happy to do this i'm excited this is my first podcast all right excellent it's funny when with with short films i think they're so layered for what they are I mean, i think this film is like it's not even eight minutes and you go back yeah. and watch it again you learn something else and you watch it again so in every time you get kind of perspective builds and it's interesting it's all in one location it's conversation and that's about it but there's so much to to talk about and i'm sure you're going to fill us in on your intentions on that one as well so let's touch on the story uh, the female stories i mean as a as a kid growing up i mean was there any particular kind of actors actresses filmmakers or a genre of film that that got you hooked into into movies at a younger age you know I think, like, my, the genre, like, I, I feel like I grew up with such a weird mix of things that I would watch, you know, I, I, I would say, like, a movie, so I grew up, my parents would make us, although we loved it, watch um, Alfred Hitchcock movies, <laughs> and those were so fun, and so cool, and exciting, and classy, and I, I feel like those influence me now a lot more than, you know, I ever expected them to when I was watching them as a kid, but those are like movies I'll always go back to, but then on the flip side of it, I love like anything Spielberg or Zemeckis, and I have to say that like the movie that made me start to consider at a very, you know, the movie that made me consider making films and like working in the industry was I was watching the behind the scenes uh, special feats of the first Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So, and I just remember everyone having fun and they were like on a boat and laughing. And in my head I was like, Oh, okay. So you can make this movie and you can have fun. I think I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And, but it's like also, so it's like Alfred Hitchcock and then this Disney movie based on a ride. So yeah. I think, 
like I, I had just this weird mix of things that all came together and paid off at different points in my life. But I don't know if I ever had like a, a specific actor or director that really called to me when I was a kid. But I, I definitely was a movie nerd, a TV nerd, just pop culture everything. <laughs> when we talk about female stars, I always think the 80s was pretty good. Mm-hmm. For that, but then we're looking at because of because of actors like Diane Keaton and, and Goldie yeah. Hawn, and the nineties wasn't so much maybe because the there's been like an actress problem. Well, I don't want to get too political, but you know yeah. they've started to come to the road now. And you know, people like Jennifer Lawrence and um, Michelle Williams, you know, this generation of, of actresses. Uh, uh, where do you see the modern state of kind of cinematic stories that for women? I know it's a lot better now, but. I think it is. I mean, it it is a lot better. I always think that, like, you know, just like anything, I, I think there's just way more opportunities. I don't think that, like, every story is the best story, but I could say that about any movie, you know? Like, there's, there's good movies and bad movies, and it's okay if you make a female-driven story and it's not a good movie. Um, but I think that it's great that we have, like... A, women and females have more of an opportunity to share stories and like we're only going to get better and better the more we get to tell a story you know it's just just more opportunities as filmmakers and writers is making everybody better so I guess I'm, I'm really excited by the fact that like everyone is getting you know more of a chance if that makes any sense yeah so you, as, uh, I know you've what from what I've seen what I know about you is you, you've obviously you've done a bit of acting yourself so acting and filmmaking wise, have you had any struggles making getting somewhere, perhaps because of your gender? Um, you know, I think that I had a harder time. Yeah, I mean, I, I I always think that there's a little bit more of people kind of second guessing you as a filmmaker on set and kind of like the first time someone meets me that's the crew, I don't think that they instantly know that I'm the director. Mm. And I think that, and I've been in situations where I've written, you know, even just like a, a branded piece as a writer. And I've had, you know, an older male tell me, well, this is what a millennial woman really wants. And I'm like, I don't think that's right, but okay. <laughs> I think that there's a lot more second guessing. I, I've never, you know, I've been really lucky with the the independent films that I've made that I've, you know, I have a good group behind me that, you know, believe in me and have always supported me. But so I, I do think I'm probably one of the luckier people that hasn't had to deal with too much. But I also, yeah, I mean, just in more of like the production aspect of it and like the business side of it, absolutely. People will always second guess me and, you know, if I stand up for my opinion or something, it, people will always, men will usually, or and women too, will will second guess and, and maybe take it the wrong way. You know, because saying no should be, you know, totally allowed because it's a, you know, business transaction. But sometimes people just, I think, take a woman saying no a little bit uh, harsher than a guy saying no. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is kind of this- and I haven't seen it for a while, but there's this awful term that I see on Twitter sometimes, which is um, identity politics, which is people, and it's, and it's usually men, saying, like, 
why is there so much focus on female? Like my festival, for example. Why is yeah. there so much focus on female? You know, if I want to watch a film directed by a man, then I will. And it's like they don't get it, but there's this kind of singling out women now. Some people see that as a problem. I know I've spoken to some f- female filmmakers, not and they're not in the same way, but they say like, I don't really want to be seen as the female. I want to be seen as a filmmaker. You know, where where do you stand on that? I mean. Obviously, I'd love the opportunities that women are getting more and more, but I do wish that it was even, and I wish that, like, I was at a film festival recently, and they have a best director category, a best female director category, and it just feels a little, like, it just feels silly to me, and it's almost just like, okay, well, I wish that you could just see that, you know, I don't need, like, we don't need this, like, extra boost to feel good, to treat everyone equally, look at the film's and, you know, pick the best director. It doesn't have to be a man or a woman, but, I mean, I guess it's, like, I do think you have to kind of, to get to the equal and the even, maybe we do have to be a little bit more specific. Um, It definitely bums me out when someone says, like, a female director, a female writer, because, you know, my name's Julia. I think you can figure it out, and we don't need to spend an extra minute talking about it. But, again, I think... It's probably it is for better. So you got to get a little bit more specific to get more broad later. But it is sometimes I'm, I'm careful how I, how I say things, how I promote things, because it it can sort of be I don't know, shoved down your throat. But like you say, that's an interesting point. I know Oscar Oscar predictors out there that they've been talking about the female category for directed at the Oscars. And it's just laughable to me because it is just like. You know, we'll 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 give this dog uh, this board just to shut them up. I, I don't I don't have to be rude. No, but... it is. A, it, we're in a place where it's like, well, everyone should get an award, and it's just like, hey, I would I would love an award, but I also think that like people, if we could just be more, yeah, just like look at everyone kind of equal and not, yeah, yeah, it, you're you're right. <laughs> and I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the compared to the actors category, I know the well, actress. An actor, their their occupations, you know, it's not. Oh, I want to be a female director when I grow up. You want to be an actress or an actor based on gender, you know. So right. you can't compare that. Female screen, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, just the novelty of awarding females to make a point is probably more justified than creating a category for them. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's also funny to me because you know this has all happened in the last like maybe five years, but probably less. And I've had more male writers reach out to me asking like, well, how am I getting work? Because it's been such a tough couple of years for me. And I'm like, you're in the union and you've been staffed on shows. You're doing a lot better than me. And the fact that like, it's just, it's just kind of laughable to me that it's like, you know, a couple years have been quote unquote hard. And, and I'm still, you know, I'm still doing my best. But now it's like, oh, it's it's tough to be a guy, and it's like, all right, well, it's it's not that tough. <laughs> no, no, um... no. It's I think it's just a tough. I mean, it's a tough thing to navigate, no matter what. I think it's just great that we're like, I mean, the fact that you and I are having this conversation is is a good thing, you yeah. know. Even though it is like, we're everyone's checking themselves and kind of having to go through this weird path, but yeah. it's all for the better. So let's get let's get into the business. Let's get into the business of your of your films. Um, I've not you mentioned a couple earlier. I've saw it was funny. I haven't seen the other one, but I'll 
on your kind of portfolio, I saw the standard rental agreement and um, <laughs> customer customer service, two films that you were in, really like two minutes long. Um, uh, and I laughed me it off. Oh. Absolutely bonkers. I mean, the customer service one was like just completely different things were happening at either of the line. And yeah. the standard rental agreement was like, things we've been talking about american issues you know like yeah. covering stuff up and it was like oh like so if you just sat there to say that 9-11 was planned you know it was like very funny yeah thank you yeah that was those two are, are like heavily collaborative and mostly my our, my friend our friend dustin hahn who's like a fantastic writer and he's in both of those with me he kind of like led the charge on those and then we we kind of on the day those are things that we shoot in like three hours just for fun and they're like some of my favorite things that we've done and he always kind of like leads us on these ridiculous storylines and then while we're filming we all kind of improv and and but they're they're some of my favorite things and they're just so sadly real of just like all of these crazy conspiracy theories and some of my favorite things but like really deadpan as well because you would your your characters obviously just going up yeah no problem (laughs) Um, we've all had those phone calls (laughs) yeah yeah um us funny then um i watched that and that was i mean we've got to talk about jim cummings as well i think because if anyone's seen thunder road um they know what kind of a particular talent he is you know the, yeah. this man who writes directs this story based on his own short but a male a man falling apart crying you know yeah. you don't really see that a lot you know and he, and he kind of does it in a way that's like well i've not really seen this uh, this done this well before and this reminded me of that it was funny because there's a scene where obviously in the beginning he yeah you see him and then it's about you two and then that build up to that I'm not going to spoil it for those that haven't seen it, but I'm yeah. certainly going to promote yeah. this as, promote this as well because I think it's a really touching little oh. film. Um, the way you, that subject, your announcement, we've all kind of been there where we announce something to someone, and I didn't see that coming because the way the conversation was going, and I like that. So I mean, did you you wrote that? Did you? Yes, I wrote it, and then Jim and I kind of read it aloud together, and you know, I think just reading it aloud with someone, especially your your co-star we've kind of changed it a little bit as it went just to make it sound even more natural and real. But, um, yeah, it was kind of just this thing that was supposed to be just this day in the life of a couple that also it ends with a very serious conversation. And it was just a really fun little short that we made. And, um, I'm, yeah, I'm really proud of it, but yeah, it was one of the first things I had done just on my own the dynamic of it is that you see conversations like that and you, you suddenly think, well, he's an asshole then, or, or she's cheated. You know, that, they're the two things that popped into my head, but I, but it never, it never really, it never really seemed conceivable. And it was so nicely done, you know, um, yeah. cause we see that in the movies and we think, all oh, right, so this is about a breakup or something. And, Oh no, it's that. And it, it, I think I had to think before he did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was it was a really fun thing to, to write and to act out. And I think like we just wanted to do something that was a little bit yeah, what you just said, kind of like different than what you would normally see. And what I love about it is it's it's probably one of the longest things I've done. And I don't I personally don't feel like it it feels long when you're watching it and, and 
that's one of my favorites about it is that it just kind of flows like a like a natural like day on a date. And it's bookended by those two quite emotional sort. Of, I don't know what would you call not montage, but there's no dialogue. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's sort of makes you think. Culmination. Yeah. Um, so just a link to Jim Cummings had produced golf, I believe. I mean, yeah. how? Let's talk about that. How did you get that off the ground? How did you like fund it? Yeah, so I it was completely funded through Kickstarter. So thank you everybody on Kickstarter. Um, uh, and that kind of was a like a really long process to make, but I basically had the idea in March of two thousand. Year is it? Uh, Twenty eighteen, <laughs> and I was in an airport. Uh, and I was joking around with Jim, and we were we were. T- I wanted to do something about like a masculine sport. I knew that because I wanted to do something very different from us funny. And then my other short, which is uh, I'm here, uh, is what it's called. And I wanted to do something very different. I wanted it to be more like of a masculine short film. And I wanted to do billiards. And billiards can be just the, I wanted to do a billiards tournament can be just expensive because it's usually in an arena with a crowd. So then I was like, well, what would be cheaper in theory? And it would be golf because we would just need one hole and it would just be a couple people. Like it's not a crowded venue. Oh, nice shot. Ah, I didn't see it. What? Mm -mm. That's me. All 17 holes on fire all day. Keep your eyes open. Don't think so. You may learn something. I didn't know you were gonna be this good, so I, I I wouldn't put so much money down. You know, I'm all for a good clean fight, but Steve, this guy's playing dirty. All right, settle down, you jokers. We kind of just started joking around, um, acting out these two characters, and then I kind of like made a joke about like apologizing to Bud about this thing, and then it just kind of went from there. And I started writing the script in March, and it took about six months to get the script fully in order because as you said before, you know, it's only, it's seven minutes and 20 seconds, but it kind of packs a punch within those minutes. And so it was just getting everything kind of, and just like writing it and rewriting it and reading out loud and getting notes and just making it kind of concise and powerful and funny and sad. And so it was, it was a process and Kickstarter was really helpful. Uh, We started that, I think, probably in June of 2018 and we and it ran for the month and really lucky and got our full funding and then shot it in November and then edited it and put it up just this whoa sorry I'm like yeah it took a while to edit and we I was kind of waiting on some festivals and then I just decided it to put it online so we, we went up a couple months ago yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, I saw. I watched the Kickstarter video, and I know you like wanted permission, needed permission to get on the golf course. Did you or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the golf course was one of the hardest things to find because in my head, you know, I used to be a producer, so I knew that it was going to be the most expensive part. But a golf course in LA, I mean, because golf, most golf courses close for a day for maintenance just every week. That's what they do. So I reached out and I was like, hey, you're going to be closed. I need one hole. I don't even need a full day. You know, I just want to be there for just to shoot this thing, 15 people tops. And they were like, okay, great. That's going to be $15,000. And I was like, whoa, okay, I don't have that money at all. 
So we drove two hours north. My my cinematographer actually recommended this golf course uh, that he had filmed a music video on. Uh, and we drove two hours north of L.A. and talked to them. And they were, like, incredibly um, hospitable and gave – like, were super accommodating – and gave us a course, and they were like, yeah, we'll just redirect traffic on the day. Like, we'll be open, but you can have this hole, because they have, like, a 36-hole golf course, and it was, you know, the price of renting um, a couple of golf carts, and it was it was just such a godsend to have. Elephant in the room. I don't know if you heard about the, uh, the gala last night, the other night. I did. Yeah, no, I'm sure it's always a big fucking deal around. Dishwasher for the night. Oh, really? It's actually better, you know, I always preferred that because back of the house, no one's going to screw you over with those tips. Look, but I'm going to level with you. I was pretty tanked the other night, and uh, I had no idea that Montana was your, that you guys were hanging out. And if I had known that, I wouldn't have been so cavalier. Aggressive? She said aggressive. Did she? All right. The stuff it, then, is, uh, you've said yourself, it's kind of... That male mentality. Um, well, maybe yeah. when you tell us, and then we'll then we'll talk about who plays uh, Hank. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So it was. I knew that I kind of again. I, it all started from just like joking around and like finding the story just by like improving a little bit. But what I really loved about it, outside of the you know the male female dynamic was, like, this very human thing, and I've talked a lot a lot about it before, but just, like, apologizing by proxy of, you know, I think we've all been on the receiving end or the giving end of being so embarrassed by your actions that you tell someone to say sorry for you. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, tell them sorry, I was so drunk last night, I didn't mean it, blah, 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 you know, something like that, and I just think that it's this, like, really interesting evolutionary Thing that like all humans do at some point because you can't face your own mistakes and I think that that's just a really funny and sad instinct that we have and then going off of that also in relationships I think that people can kind of group you together you know with your partner and there's just this like sense of ownership especially with men of like oh tell your girlfriend or like you better tell you better let your girlfriend know or make sure she's in line you know that's a, like a very male thing especially in the south and I'm from Maryland originally which is um kind of south it is technically in, in below the the line um but it's also it's a weird mix of of people in Maryland but I, I've experienced that a lot too growing up and then you know and then that kind of all came together with just this very timely you know kind of me too moment of this character hank (laughs) yeah because i think it's it's quite subtle as well i don't don't think people are going to watch this and go oh that's a big statement Uh, yeah it is it's there somewhere but i think like you say that's quite clever it's very awkward and it kind of gets um, not off at guard a bit because it's like just yeah apologize okay right and then yeah. he's like, no well I think I think you should do it and so he gets a bit irate uh, and that's what I find funny about it you know that that it's just like his, his emotions kind of go up and down in a, in a flash yeah 
how did you develop that character then? What made this might be a, a spoiler? What made you want to play the character yourself, this male character? Yeah. So I, you know, again, just like with the the short and the story itself, I feel like there were kind of a, a bunch of different reasons that I wanted to. I just thought that because the subject matter was kind of this like male female dynamic, it would be even more interesting and kind of like, because it's, you know, it is a very like light version and a subtle conversation, but it's still a heavy subject. So I wanted it. I wanted people to be okay. Kind of laughing during this serious conversation. And I thought that if I played that character, that would make it a little bit more. Okay. And just let everyone know, like, this is, you know, this is also be funny. It's not really my call. You know, she, she was really upset and, uh, it doesn't really, it's not about me, you know? You, you should talk to Montana. Well, you were there. Yeah, like I said, I was in the kitchen, so I can't really, you know. Well, of course, bud, you gotta let her know how embarrassed I am, and sorry. And you can let her know that. A woman is a, a producer, a uh, former producer. You know, I used to have to, I, I was working at a company where we were working with really low budgets and more often than not, my uh, coordinator and I would have to play characters uh, in like the sketches and the shorts that we were producing. And he was, my coordinator was a six foot tall, you know, big guy. So he always got to play these really dynamic characters of, you know, mostly, it was mostly sketch comedy, but he would play like the cowboy or the henchman or, you know, all of these different fun things. And I was always cast as like, the the coworker telling people to keep it down and like oh guys can you keep down working and so I it was also just this moment of like well I want to play someone fun I want to dress up and have the ability to you know explore this weird guy <laughs> this sad man and so that's the reason the many reasons why I wanted to do it um, and I just think that like women don't do that much as men do so yeah I wanted to kind of take that challenge. And then the finding the character of Hank was a really, really long process because in my head I thought it was going to be really easy and it was actually really difficult. Just kind of being like letting my mind be okay with it. And, you know, when I, re when I would rehearse, I just couldn't get over the fact that I just didn't sound like a man. And it was kind of like this really hard mental block for a while and I almost got like really scared of just even reading the script that I wrote because I was like well I can't do this and it took me going to an acting teacher which I've never done and sitting with him and talking to him just an hour and just being like well I don't know if I can even do this and him just kind of reassuring me that like people do this all the time and a lot of different ways around it and I think that I had been picturing this really like deep voice in my head and then one day I was on a flight from New York and the movie Dodgeball was on and I was listening to Vince Vaughn and I was like well Vince Vaughn's voice isn't that deep like I could beat Vince Vaughn and uh that was that was basically like the moment that I was like okay I can do this and then Jim my producer and I uh we drove to a cabin cabin for a weekend and I brought a fat suit along the one that I wear <laughs> and I, I was like, draw the blinds, and, and I dressed up as a guy and just practiced my, um, you know, my mannerisms and just rehearsed the script over and over and over again and, like, brought a golf club with me and just getting, just rehearsing constantly mm -hmm. made it 
so much better. And that was the moment where I really felt like it clicked. But it was, it took a lot just me, like a mental, it was, it was a big mental thing for a while before even I could rehearse. I mean, I think a lot of people without judging mentalities are going to just like, well, she, she dressed up as a man. Yeah. Yeah, you did. But yeah. like you said, there, there's a lot more to it. And that, when you said the Vince Vaughn, that's interesting because I can, I hear his voice. Oh. Uh, yeah. And I can sort of see what you did. It's really impressive as well because you don't do deep voice. Uh, I've heard you speak before and it's not the same. And I can't really pinpoint what you did, but it, it kind of works, you know. Uh, yeah. And it's a terrific performance. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I too, for the people that watch it and are like, oh, she just did that, I too thought that that's what it was going to be. I thought it was going to be very easy, and it was actually very hard. <laughs> yeah. Let's go out. Bring whoever you want. Drinks are on me. We're going to have a great time. Let's forget all this bullshit, all right? And Taco Tuesday. Yeah, not that's really nice of you. It's nice of you. I, I just, it's not about me, you know? I, you got to talk it's Montana. It's the fuck with the fucking Montana shit. I'm the customer. Customer's always right, right? When did we stop being right? Yeah, did you ever, did you ever think, oh, I can't do it? Yes. Oh, like, for months. I, I, I put it off. Like, I think we probably were going to shoot in July after I got funded, and um, I really needed the extra couple months to like really be okay with it and rehearse even more because I think first kind of first round of rehearsals I did were really crappy because I wasn't really believing in myself and it took a long time. So <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's good. You nailed the emotions of the, 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 when he swears, he gets angry and then he recoils straight away. And the fact I'm saying yeah. he, you know, yeah. the character, you know, I'm not saying oh, she, that, that woman dresses him around. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's the best part that's been the biggest compliment has been a couple of my friends that watched it. You know, I, I went to brunch with them, and I had a friend. She was like, "So, you know, where did you find that guy? Is he an actor normal? <laughs> he was kind of funny." And I was like, "That was me." And that was a really great, like, her towing the line, being like, "That guy was weird," uh, but that was, you know. That's me. Uh, took three hours of makeup, but it, that's I'm I'm Hank. Uh, and yeah, it was a it was a really great makeup team too. That that really also made all the difference. Yeah, and I don't even matter knowing and watching it again, and and you kind of scrutinize it, and not in a bad way, but you kind of go, well, hang on a minute, stumble, yeah. um, hang on. Yeah. And it's one point where you look like you're going to take your hat off and. Oh, I better not do that. Um, yeah. but... We, I was, we did have like an amazing bald cap, and but on the day the forehead piece that I was supposed to wear because it was it was it was November, but it was still hot because we were you know we were north of LA, kind of more in the desert area, and um, the the forehead piece kind of just melted while we were getting ready. So we did a take where I took my hat off during it and as soon as I took it off I could just hear my producer Jim go nope because it just looked so funny <laughs> this moment like where my forehead and the bald cap met and it, we just missed that but it, I was bummed but I think it still works yeah it does it, it, it does and there's nothing I've watched it about five times now and uh, I, I do you do the human nature I'm like right I'm going to watch this I'm going to see what I can find you know scrutinise it and yeah. 
it's not really changed my perception of the of the film. You know, and like I said, yeah. the jury and myself we praise the performance. Oh. You know, because not just the novelty of it, but yeah, that you pulled that off. So, so just to just to finish, I mean. What will happen next for you? Or what do you have plans? I mean, do you, any more work with 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 Jim uh, and what's coming up? Well, Jim and I are are kind of slowly but surely writing a feature together. Um, you know, we we both are kind of busy in our own right, but it's a it's a project that we've been working on for you know almost a year, and so we're working that slowly but surely. Um, I'm also um, kind of last minute, but. Uh, it kind of all fell together in the last two months, but I'm shooting another short uh, next month, and I'm really excited about it, and that's going to be very different from golf and very different from everything else. That's just a goal of mine in the next year is to just keep doing things that are very different from one another. Mm-hmm. And um, then I also have been working with a producer, and I adapted a, uh, a book into a feature and we're going to be going out in the next couple months trying to get that actually as a european co-production mm. so hello uk anybody <laughs> else hello <laughs> bfi <laughs> um uh yeah so that's that's kind of like my broad slate um but yeah i, I do really love working with jim so i i hope to continue to 